Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Hey guys, in your history of dating, have you ever had to deal with a crazy ex? Luckily, I have not had to deal Uh. with one. So, I don't have any exes, technically, <laughs> uh, any ex-boyfriends, but I did, actually, early in, like, Eddie's, like, an Eddie and I's courtship, there was a stalker. Tell us more. Well, it was actually not even, like, an ex-hookup. It was actually the ex-hookup's boyfriend. I didn't know they had a, he had a boyfriend at the time. Oh. And dude was relentlessly... No, I don't know if he was necessarily stalking. No, he was. He was sending me messages and stuff and then like i saw him on the same subway station when me and eddie were together i was just like oh my god he's gonna murder us <laughs> so uh yeah not, i don't have not a, an ex but but a stalker yeah i don't have like a long list of you know people that i've dated either that i can even think of like saying oh yeah this one this one or this one um so i too don't have a crazy dating history but what about you eddie um I wouldn't say crazy. I have an ex that once in a while reaches out and kind of gets feet like throws out feelers if I'm available. Uh, oh, that kind of thing. Oh. That's okay. How long ago did you guys break up? Oh my god. Well, I mean, Eddie and I have been together for what, 10 years now basically. Yeah, so <laughs> I would say maybe <laughs> 11. 11 years? Wow. Which is ridiculous to be going after an ex after 11 years. Like, it's just like, all right, at a certain point, like... I'm buddy. the one that got away. Yeah, oh. I think so. I'm the one that got away. I'm the one, like, realized, wait, maybe he was the one, <laughs> according to him, about me. Oh, wow. That's but, This is such a sad beginning to such a fun property. I <laughs> was... <laughs> Not crazy property. I think it's crazy. More crazy property. A little, a little bit of a crazy property for sure. Fun is an oversellment, I think. Over overselling? Overselling. Hmm. I would love to know how you define words like fun and like crazy and other words too, Rolando, because I think we have completely <laughs> different definitions of a good time at the movies, at least. I, I do think you and I do. Yours tend to involve musicals. Mine involve... I don't know about mine. Consistently, I don't have any... Your, yours <laughs> involves staying home. Oh, yeah. I would say so. <laughs> well, let's just let's just get right into it. This has been a pretty long, cold open. Uh, and we're going to talk about a property about evil exes and about video games and about music <clears throat> and just about being in your 20s tackles all Mm. of that in a very transmedia type space it is the movie scott pilgrim versus the world which was based on a graphic novel series and that's recently become a netflix series Mm -hmm. so we're going to be talking today about scott pilgrim uh i'm nicole and i'm rolando and i'm at easy and this is remakes reboots and revivals an original podcast about unoriginality
So this movie came out in 2010, which is about 13 years ago. Who were you in 2010? You guys weren't together. No. Who was I? 20. I don't even know who I was in 2010. Uh, what was I? I, I mean, I definitely was working at Stop and Shop still consistently <clears throat> because I remember that a couple of the girls dressed up as Ramona Flowers for like Comic-Con or Halloween or something. Oh, okay. And I didn't know what the costume was because I never saw this movie in theaters. Spoiler. Neither did I. No, oh, I'm surprised. Not a lot of people did, actually. It was a box office flop. Oh, that's also a surprise, considering how many people geeked out over this fucking movie. I mean, this movie has since gotten a huge cult following, I would suppose. And it's gotten a better reception in, like, you know, when it went to DVDs and then just being on streaming and stuff. And, like, mm. this movie got, like, a reunion in 2020 during COVID when they were doing mm. that during COVID. Yeah, you um, remember that? Those, those uh, like, Zoom reunions? Yeah, because you know what else people are going to do with their time. Wow, times. Yeah, really. But it was 10 years old, and it was one of those movies from that day and age that, from 10 years ago, that got it, you know? So that it's like, wow. Age. Yeah, <laughs> so long ago. It was a box office flop, and yet here we are doing a reunion 10 years later. It's pretty crazy how it completely changed within 10 years. Mm-hmm. In 2010, I was 22 years old, so I was the exact age of the main character, Scott Pilgrim. Hmm... And I was kind of aimless, um, not as aimless as Scott was, but you know, just kind of was interested in hanging out. So how old was I? 23? 23, 24? Yeah, that sounds about right. Hmm. Well, I find this movie to be very relatable. What about you, Eddie? So 13 years ago. I was, I say, 2010 was the year that I life pivot mm-hmm. where it was like, I was just tired of my circumstances and tired of being tired of my circumstances. So that's when I like took my health in like consideration, my health and my mental health in consideration. And it was like the year was like, I did my first triathlon. Nice. And I, um, I decided like to go out there and like form community. Wow. Like I, I wasn't connecting with the LGBTQ community at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like no, like no sense of kind of found family. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not, not the way I have it now. Yeah. So, so, but that was the year of making that happen for myself, the beginnings of planting seeds for myself. And, um, which led to meeting Rolando. Yeah, I'm gonna say like yes. So all the events that took place that year led to you, in some way yeah. or another. We must start going to like meetups and stuff, and then eventually yeah. we would be in the same meetup. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. so the exact opposite of Scott Pilgrim, just taking charge of your life, and you know, for a v- relatively young person too, um, that's really great and inspiring for listeners, guys. Okay, you gotta take <laughs> your lives into your own hands because we have so many listeners who are just so lost. <laughs> Do we? No, I'm joking. I'm. I, oh. I mean, I have no idea what our demographic is or where people are in their lives. But I feel like our demographic skew a little older. Perhaps yes. Which is interesting too, because this film then definitely, it's of a time. This is one of my favorite genres of movies, which is called product of its generation. Is that an actual genre? I I call it that. Like Breakfast Club, 
product of its generation, right? Like and this some is might call it a teen movie. So these movies that come out and like are so of their era, like fi- mm-hmm. in five years, they're dated. Mm. Okay, I see what you mean. I love movies like that because they can never be replicated. It is so specifically of its era and of its time that like it'll never exist in the same way as mm-hmm. it, when it did when it came out. Okay. Clueless is kind of like one of those movies. It's so aggressively 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not necessarily... Maybe the story at its core, it's timeless because it's Jane Austen, but the way that it's done is just so of its time. So to me, Scott Pilgrim is very of its time. Even going back a little further, uh, A Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, Rebel Without a Cause is so 50s. And it's so of its time. Again, at the core, there's relatable elements to it, but the way that it's done and a lot of the, th- the things that the characters are dealing with, too, changed within the next less than 10 years. And they usually have to do, all of these movies that we keep bringing up have to do with young people. Um, Clueless, Breakfast Club, Row Without a Cause, Scott Pilgrim, and how these, like, how they make movies about young people. Um, and so what I loved about this movie was not only was it such a product of a generation, but it was like when I was 22, it was about 22 year olds. Right. So for people who don't know, cause I didn't know what the hell Scott Pilgrim was when it came out. I didn't want to see it in theaters. It seemed really uncool to me and I was just not interested. And then my friends convinced me to see it and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty entertaining. Wait, did it seem uncool to you because of Michael Cera? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Same. Like a million, like the, uh, I mean, yeah. I like I love him in Arrested Development, right? And the small projects he's in. But like, talk about like the most un and he knows this. There's no way he doesn't know this. But like, talk about the most unsexy human being imaginable. Yeah, truly. This was also a time when he was super famous, and like people had strong opinions about him. He's kind of died out. Like he's not in that many things anymore, and people don't feel as strongly about him anymore. I think it's like self inflicted. Like I think he doesn't want to be in anything. Yeah, probably because people had such strong opinions about him. Maybe people, a lot of people disliked him. I love him. I am a fan of Michael Ciro, to be quite honest. I just think he's so. There's nothing sexual about him whatsoever. Really. Yes, which is part of his charm. <laughs> I have nothing against him, but when I was like 22 and I saw this movie, I don't know. It just did not speak to me in terms mm. of at least the way it was marketed or whatever was going on, um, and. I know a lot of people who have refused to see this movie solely because of Michael Sarah. So I think that's also part of it. But like mm-hmm. nowadays, if you were to not see something because of Michael Sarah, like what? That doesn't make any sense. Who is like the equivalent now of like, oh, I really don't like this person. I don't want to see this movie. Ooh, that's a good question. Who is the equivalent of that actor now? Is it like someone who's almost like too much everywhere? Is it kind of like, I don't know, like someone who isn't a lot. I feel like is maybe like. Ooh, I was going to say Aquafina, but I, she's not even the star of them. She's just like in a lot. She is. No, yeah, I love Aquafina. I don't think Aquafina has everything I mean, she is. Yeah, I think Aquafina. <laughs> I actually see things though. because Aquafina. Oh, so that's a, that's the opposite then. I'm trying but, to yeah, think yeah. like who who is everywhere, but like people don't like it. I feel like it might be Chris Pratt, but like it's not the same. Yeah, that's even like though old like i feel like that was maybe a couple years ago you mean like, i don't know. he's he's not he's not like the movie star level that he used to be rachel zegler 
Who? <laughs> uh, Maria from West Side Story. Oh, not Anita? Not Ariana DeBose? No. Ariana DeBose, shockingly, whenever everyone ripped her apart at the Oscars, kind of also made her endearing a little yeah. bit. Like, Maybe. Like, like, that was... Because that was truly a cringy moment, but, like, it became such a phenomenon. Angela Bassett did the thing. Does the thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, so, like, I feel like that ended up making her more uh, endearing, shockingly. Like, usually I feel like that would have the opposite effect on people. It, like, it... It, 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 it could have been a career ender, for sure. Yeah. Well... Point is, though, is that this usually happens when somebody is too much in your face. People get really strong reactions to it. And I think around this time, I I think I can't really remember. But like, I know that Michael Sarah was a big reason why at least people I knew weren't wanting to watch this movie. Um, For me, it's Jonah Hill. I never want to see anything Jonah Hill is in. Oh, really? With him from Superbad. I do not like Jonah Hill. That's true. Actually, I don't want to see anything that he's in. Oh, I, I mean, I don't necessarily mind him yeah this was like when the judd apatow comedy movies and everyone associated with them were just like fucking everywhere and it was actually if you didn't like those movies it was obnoxious like seth rogan um jonah hill uh jason siegel they were just like in everything Mm -hmm. like even disney got involved with these guys uh what yeah well jason siegel was wrote the muppets which came out the following year and stuff so but so, but the thing too is that this is so not involved with any of that, right? This is by a British filmmaker based on a Canadian graphic novel shot in Canada yeah. too. Like it's it's very it's very different. Yeah, a friend of mine called it a manga, and I was just like, "Is this a manga? I thought it was like written by uh, the West." So it's a graphic novel series. It's a series of six. Um, mm-hmm. About this guy named Scott Pilgrim, and they all have d- different. It's like a serial series, so it's like first it's Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, then it's Scott Pilgrim versus the World, then it's Scott Pilgrim and the Infinite Sadness. C- continues on, and it got released once a year for six years, and there were six of them, and it just goes from when he meets Ramona and finds woman of his dreams, the uh, the seven evil exes, and then him defeating them, Gideon and stuff. Hmm. So I don't know. Um, I don't really. I'm not into this type of world, so I don't even know if I can specifically say the difference between a graphic novel and a manga. Okay, well, obviously you're not. Uh, a manga is like Asian style of. Well, it's not a style. So I feel like a manga is specifically. I hope Eddie, you're researching this to correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, mangas are Japanese comic books, and they're usually written. They're not usually. They're usually black and white. And that you know what's so funny? Literally, uh, we just had Roy like a couple of episodes ago, and he literally explained this to me. So obviously, shows how much attention I was paying. To <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, they're usually backwards. They're not backwards. Uh, they're like written like uh, like how we read, like front to back. Like well, their backs are the front. I don't know if that's a cultural thing. Interesting. That. Okay. That's like a manga thing. Uh, so I don't know if that's how like. Japanese people read books like you know like what we would see as backwards is like they're forward you know how like some languages write like from uh, right to left yes yeah so I, I don't know if that's like why they also do well mangas that way according to Wikipedia then it wouldn't be a manga it's it's written as a graphic novel even though it okay. is like a paperback size and it's in black and white and I think okay. that the way that they design it is very um homage to them but it's not mm qualified as one i suppose 
Yeah. Um, if we were Good. to trust Wikipedia, so yes, the, the idea is it has to be a Japanese originating. Yeah, Japan. I feel like yeah. originating uh, from Japan. Origin of country, country of origin is a big deal for like West. And it has a manga. specific style that yeah. was developed in the 1900s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is from Canada, so um, yeah. What is Scott Pilgrim even about? Well, appar- uh, pretty much it's about this slacker musician who's 22 years old. Um, he's trying to make it with his band, but then he also falls in love with this girl named Ramona Flowers, who's literally the woman of his dreams. But when he falls in love with her and they start to date, he finds out that he has to battle the seven even evil exes of her in order to be with her yeah, <laughs> or just to live. Um, and the way that the movie at least tackles it is it's like a video game meets a sitcom meets... Uh, a, a action movie it's just like all these different thing and it's actually been described as a transmedia film because it, mm. it exists in so many different platforms and it does so many references to other platforms and whatnot does that make it transmedia do you think i don't know that well I feel like to be transmedia it should be like a movie that is also consumed as a video game you know what i mean a transmedia is pretty much the technique of how you tell a story but you do it through multiple platforms and formats but we're, but it's all one format. So that's the it's thing, though. <laughs> like, yes, yes, but the narrative itself is transmedia because it's utilizing all of these different technologies. It's utilizing like these video games, start, go, whatever. It's usual, utilizing mm. like sitcom music cues and laugh tracks and whatnot. So it's like telling it in a transmedia device. That's like part of its gimmick. Mm. I, when I was watching this, all I could think of is this reminds me of a weird smash up between um, it's something about Mary, something about Mary and Sucker Punch. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, that's it's Yeah. For me, it felt like the movie that Ready Player One wished it could be. Mm, I never saw Ready Player One. <laughs> Count your blessings. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I, did you really, Eddie? Like, think about it. Think about that movie. We're not doing that movie right now. <laughs> We're doing, We're doing Scott. Scott Pilgrim, yeah. Pilgrim. <laughs> um, I mean, as someone who never saw it, and I saw this on DVD, and I kind of went into it expecting hating it, I, I thought it was really clever, and I still think it's actually really clever. I think it's one of the best movies of this century that we're in. That's only 23 years old, but still. I know. Um, you believe, like, in two years, it'll be a quarter of this century already? That's crazy. I know. That means we've spent at least... A good chunk of our lives in one century and like another good yeah. chunk of it in a yeah. new it's, <laughs> it's actually well more than uh half of it in this one but i also think that the filmmaker edgar wright who is also responsible for the film Shaun of the dead hot fuzz world's end baby driver and um last night in soho i think he's one of our best living filmmakers it's amazing to me how precise his filmmaking is um if you just like really pay attention to how he shot some of these things like, there's this shot where Scott throws a package from Amazon behind him into the garbage. And mm. they did that in take. Everything is practical. Mm. So, like, it took them about more than 50 takes to get it right. I believe that with my Cosero. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's also hard. Like, you're throwing it behind you and then you have to get it in the thing. Like, they don't fake it. There's a scene, too, where, like, Knives Child comes looking for Scott and it's like, oh, he's not here. But then you see him go out the window and stuff. Like, that's a, a practical effect. Like, he is so precise and so detailed with 
the way that he films and they're all these beautiful visual gags like he knows where to put his camera he knows how to get humor out of his camera he knows how to get humor out of editing like in terms of actual filmmaking that's where i think this movie shines i think this movie is like funny and it's got a cute like story and the actors are great but i think the filmmaking is so inspiring and i mm. wish more hollywood movies had like this level of like hardcore really fun dedicated filmmaking instead of like the fact that most movies just feel like the filmmakers are phoning it in and copying and pasting templates mm-hmm. which they are which usually. they which they are and sometimes right. they have to because right. of the companies that are hiring them mm-hmm. so it's like not even their fault but like this guy he just doesn't he like will take anything and make it into just pure cinematic fun and, and and inventiveness and i really really think he's one of our best living filmmakers yeah out of that list of movies that you read of his i've only seen two of them hot fuzz and Shaun of the dead exactly those two mm. and now scott pilgrim yeah um i'm sorry when you say and now scott pilgrim have have you just seen this movie yeah i just saw it like yesterday the movie the movie you had not seen the movie did you not listen to me when I said I have never you, seen You, never you seen. never saw it in theaters and stuff, but I thought at some point in the last 13 oh, years you had seen no, it. No, I had no desire of seeing this film whatsoever. Wow. Okay. Spoiler so... alert. I don't. I still don't. <laughs> wow. So as a much older man watching this movie from 13 years ago, it hits different, I'm sure. Well, it what did you hits think? It's very different. Okay. I actually agree with you. I think the filmmaking was actually probably the best part of this movie. I think it was wonderful filmmaking and... Uh, uh, like just visually, it was a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. I hate Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, he's a little shit. He's the worst. He's the worst kind of lead actor. And I'm ne- I've never been a fan of the Manic Pixie Girl mm-hmm. template. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Ramona Singer. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's a real housewife. Uh, Ramona Flowers. Flowers. Flowers is like the. Like just she's just an archetype of that manic pixie girl, which mm. I've never been a fan. I think the only manic pixie girl I've ever liked was, uh, uh, April from Five Hundred Days of April, Summer, Summer, Five Hundred Days. So of Summer. Did, yeah, yeah, which came out just the year before this one. So oh, see there you go. Like I mean, yeah, do you remember when like the manic pixie girl was like the thing mm-hmm. that every movie had? It was so annoying. Early two thousands, not that long and ago. Part of the reason why maybe I never wanted to see this movie. Maybe. I also, I mean, like, in terms of all of them, Ramona is the most tolerable. I would agree the 500 Days of Summer one is, like, the worst. Uh, you ever yeah. see Garden State? Yes. <laughs> Natalie Portman? That's, that's like, a... the big one for me, too. I don't, does she qualify? Because she doesn't have the weird haircut. That's, like, the only thing she doesn't have. <laughs> like, at least Zoe Deschanel had the bangs and, like, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think... It's weird because everything else that's going on in this movie takes away from, like, her manic pixiness. Um, Like, to me, Ramona's great and all, but it's, like, the seven seven evil exes that, like, shine. Yes, I would agree. Well, I mean, okay, I want to just focus back on on this character. So, Scott Pilgrim, first of all, we start off, he's a Mm 22-year-old dating a 17-year-old already. Right there, ick. Already of just, like, ill. Why well, we all know that everybody, everybody basically is telling him that's kind of icky. But, yeah. But but why? 
Yeah, I yeah, and I get it. Like it's just like, oh, he's being so noble. He's only hold like held hands with her. But it's just like it's so bro, like, this is not appropriate. Like you are well past college age and you're dating a I don't know if that's how the, it's normal in Canada, but it's certainly Oh no, no. I think you're missing the point here. It's not yeah. about wh- where he's living at, Canada or <laughs> the Mexico. It doesn't matter. We're talking about um that particular age, that particular era, and and no pun intended. But a certain arrested development that Ooh. has taken that has taken place. I do love that. Okay. You know, and that we see probably in a lot of males at this stage of the game. Yeah. You yeah. know, like like haven't yet defined themselves totally as adults. Mm. You know, um, but that in between 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 manhood and still trying to be that high school teenager, that awkward phase of growing up and like hey i gotta pay bills i gotta do shit you know gotta get my life i won't say names but i did know someone when i was in college and well into college who took it as a badge of honor to have been invited to like many proms during our course of our college career just like bro that's weird you're like once you're old enough to drink you should not be going to prom i feel like Mm -hmm. uh, you know yeah i think i won't say his name because he might listen but you know who you are Shame on you. No, you don't know this person. Um, so, <laughs> Nicole's so, like, Nicole wants a tea. I know. I always want the tea. Um, yeah, I would definitely agree with Eddie. I mean, this movie is mocking him most of the time. And this movie like knows darn well that he's not really like a hero. Like they don't want him to be necessarily like likable in the sense of his actions and whatnot. He's a little shit. But it also is like a lot of guys are around that age at the end of the day. But he is a little shit, but he still gets Ramona. Yeah, but right? also what does he learn at the end of the movie? <laughs> like he goes on a journey. Like he actually starts to grow up. You know, Scott learns yeah. the power of love and Scott learns the power of self-respect. That's also yeah. like when you're 22 years old. I don't know about you, but like I wasn't that great at 22 years old, too. I mean, they even say that like your brain isn't fully fucking formed until you're 25 or 26, they say. Mm. Um, So it's like, wow, like you take I think part of the charm is looking at the fact that they're like they're messes. All of them are like in their own way messes. Ramona is a mess. Look at every single Ramona, relationship Ramona is a mess, yeah. that she like completely just walked away from and left these people traumatized that they all banded up together and created a league against her. Which and- is ridiculous. The other thing, it's just like, really? This is who we're going to uh, like create an evil league for? Not because of her physically, but just because of just like her character. It's just like, what is the appeal of this character? She's a beautiful young woman. Let's not. I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm just trying to say though, it's just like, but like her character is just like, how can it's like, you know how like you have to sometimes imagine Helena Troy, like what is a face that can launch a, a thousand ships, and like Hollywood has just never been able to cast that right. Well, what is it about this character that could have that appeal? I just don't understand. Well, I think the movie shows you exactly what it is. Like, you know, attraction is per person and stuff, but this is a girl who was, like, in his head. He dreamt her, right? So this is, like, something that his body even, like, configures in his head, and it's, like, quote-unquote, his dream girl, Mm. (laughs) right? This is kind of what he's looking for when it comes to the things that he likes. And the the seven X's? What about the seven X's? I'm just saying, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, but why, how is this 
character like so appealing to these seven exes who like a good handful of them are I don't know how rich. important it is to enjoy the film by saying what did all these guys see in this girl like yeah. I don't know a how little important bit for that me. Is. but I, I, I so it's funny because when I was like looking at the the animated Netflix show there they because it's a series, mm-hmm. you know, you have episodes. They flesh out more the character mm-hmm. or who Ramona Flowers is. Yeah, you know, you get more a little bit more. Um, so, wait, hold on. Let me finish okay. this thought. So yeah, finish your thought. I want you to hold off on talking about the series because yeah, I do yeah, think hold on, hold on, hold on, that's wait. a big yeah. So so yeah, you, you get to see certain things, right? So mm-hmm. what I did, what made me think of the movie, she has a couple of lines where she says, I. I was something different before. When I was in New York, um, when I was in the States, I was a different person. And I don't want to be that person anymore. You know? And Ramona seems to be in that really awkward transition phase where she's not solidified yet on this next... She's She hasn't fully reinvented herself, but she's in the process of that. Hmm. Right? Um, so there's a lot of time where you just see her not talking or just being being a mood and not really like trying to affect her environment. Yeah. But yeah. just being like just there and not making any particular stand. She'll make a comment here and there, but there's nothing really about her yet to grasp. And this, and it gives it also the charm of being ethereal in that sense, hmm. you know, not solid, not totally solid yet, but ethereal. The only problem that I have with this is, um, and people who are like this in relationships is they seem to get defined within the romantic part partnership that they're in at that time. So it's like, I know Ramona flowers through this relationship. Mm-hmm. I know her through this. Mm-hmm. relationship. So we kind of just seeing her through these different relationships because she kind of attracted th- these kind of people because at some point she was kind of like this in some ways, in some ways she wasn't, Maybe the best person to be. But she recognizes that and she changes. And I think that's where Scott's appeal is because Scott, similar, kind of in transition, but he's nice. It's, oh, well, 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 he's, well, he's, he's nice? not threatening. He's not opposing himself per se. She knows that she is stronger than him, maybe in that sense, that he won't oppose too much himself on on you mean on her impose up, up, like impose, impose. yeah he well like didn't project himself on her uh-huh. um but like he's going on his own journey mm-hmm. and the fact that he's just been treating her nice i mean there's there's i feel like that part of the story is kind of weak but i'm also looking at it through the eyes of a person who has lived a little longer and seen a lot of shit and gone through that shit before and recognized oh that was so dumb to be yeah. that way you know but it's part of the process it's part of the process and i think that's what she's in she's right now in process and her ethereal not making any decisions yet on who she truly is at this time is makes her mysterious it makes her intriguing yeah so there's a that's the appeal no for I sure feel. i feel i would agree and also um, you know like i don't know what your beef with scott is but like if the problem is, is that he's just like a little shit. That's kind of the point. Like we don't watch movies or TV shows for like perfect people who don't have any flaws. You know, we like people who have 
like things that we can identify as either someone that we know or someone we used to be. And also at the end of the day, yeah, with all of the fact that they're like, he's a little shithead and he is like dating a 17 year old. Like it's gross, but it's funny. It makes for good drama. Like that's why we watch movies and TV shows that engage with characters who aren't likable because it's interesting. I don't know why it's not for me that it's not, it has, I understand that like, yeah, we should, we, 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 we want characters that have flaws and that, you know, that make us feel some sort of way. The way that his character makes me feel isn't necessarily like him dating a 17 year old is an ick, right? But that's not his big flaw. I think what Eddie said is what probably resonates the most with me with a problem. The ultimate flaw with this character that is less to do with the performance and the writing. It might, this actually might just be from the source material. It's this idea of just like, oh, but he's a nice guy. I don't think he is a nice guy, period. End of story. Even learning his lesson at the end of like, oh, manning up and breaking up with uh, knives, right? Like, it's just like, okay, cool. You didn't do any of that stuff, though. You shouldn't end up with the girl. And, uh, like, I don't know. I just don't think... I don't think... I don't know if I think that this journey was enough for him to kind of get over this, like, kind of ultimately... Ultimate selfishness that I think he just was. Right? Like, I think his flaws are in much deeper than just the fact that he's, like, this, like... Uh, clueless, like twenty-something-year-old, like who can't, who is wayward in life and doesn't know what, like what he's gonna do with life, and like he's just abusive. You know what I mean? That's not the flaw that I have with him. Him like figuring out that he shouldn't be dating a seventeen-year-old. That's fine. Uh, what's it called? His, I think for me, it's just that he's just, I don't know. I just did not like him as a character. I think he was an awful, awful person. So you pretty much just said like he's not likable. No, but it's not that he's not like because I could I could watch movies that have unlikable characters and stuff. I watch TV shows with unlikable characters, but I think it's because he comes out at the end like if he learned some grand lesson. But it's just like I don't know if he learned anything. I don't. Maybe that's what it is that by the end I just don't feel that he has learned anything about himself. I mean, in a perfect world with like shit like this too, and especially with younger. Everyone should be alone, right? Because nobody should stay in these toxic relationships. Like, mm-hmm. Knives should go on her own, which she does. She Scott must. should go on her own. And then Ramona should spend some time alone, right? right. Like, Because Ramona's, like Eddie said, too, whole identity has been wrapped up in other people. Um, that's always going to be, like, in a perfect world. But I think that with the journey that Scott in particular goes through of, like, realizing what he did to other people and all the ways that he messed up and like trying to like having the second chance to fight for the right reasons and to like do things again, you know, with the correct intentions and stuff. I don't know. Like I always felt like that kind of hit, like it shouldn't be for others. It should be for yourself. And you should like, actually the more you treat yourself well, the more you treat others around you better. Like if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else kind of a thing? Mm -hmm. And like, it's then too when he realizes like he didn't even realize the first time around that what he did to both knives and ramona was cheating like was wrong he didn't realize that and then but he like like how he or how he left his uh drummer friend hanging right the yeah exactly i mean like but then he but then he got the opportunity to learn that you know because he lost a life um and it's like those little things too it's like wow you know like how much i just treated you all like shit 
Like, I think that was enough of a, a character redemption. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I, like... Uh, I know that you don't like him for, like, other reasons and stuff, but it seems like you're disappointed with his arc, right? Like, you don't really think that at the end he gets what he deserves or what he needs. Yeah, I think that's what it is, ultimately. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, don't, think... I, don't, I, don't, I don't get disappointed by his arc. Yeah, I, I I think I am. That's not a hero's arc that I cared for, but, you know, that's, I guess, whatever. To each their own. Okay. Uh, so it's interesting because... <laughs> is it? The, the new film, at least, well, the new series, um, isn't really about Scott Pilgrim. It's called Scott Pilgrim, but it's not really about Scott Pilgrim at all. I don't know how much you watch. You said earlier that you only watched, like, two, but then you watched one more, three. How much did you watch? I watched six. Oh, wow. I'm surprised. I know. Usually with your, you. Your four is usually your sweet number. Well, I usually do. I did watch four, but then we had some time before our very late recording. So I was like, let me get some more in. Mm. So I got some more in. Um, and I must say, you know, there's an episode that I thought about you. And I was like, oh, he would love this episode. Yeah. Um. Do you want to? Do you have anything else you want to say about the first one before we get into the second one? Because they kind of the, the the big thing about this new <laughs> property too is that all the voice actors, for the most part, came back. I don't know if Brie Larson did. Um, uh, I think it said the entire cast. Let me get a confirmation on that one. Which is pretty crazy. Probably, yeah, Brie Larson is back as Natalie. Uh, as Adams. MB Adams, she just didn't do the singing. Oh, well, she, okay. For obvious. Wait, you said that's a pretty big get? Like, they had Chris Evans come back. Basically, like, anyone who has fuck you Marvel money, like, they were able to woo back somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I'm... Even Kieran Culkin is another one who I was surprised they got back after his, like, big succession, like, run now. You know what I mean? I'm surprised. Some of these people don't sound like themselves anymore. Like, Anna Kendrick came back for uh, Stacey. Does not sound like Anna Kendrick. Michael Sarah doesn't sound like Michael Sarah. Yeah, Michael Sarah. So, so much older. Yeah, he truly, truly does. Aubrey Plaza, I still get hints of her there, but, like, not. I realize he's like, oh, gone is the girl from Parks and Rec, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. She's, she is she is a full on woman now, you know? Yeah, she does not sound that way, too. Mm. Okay. All right, so they have all the people from the movie reprise their roles for vote for vocals in this new show which is developed by the creator brian o lee o'malley mm-hmm. and a guy named ben david grabinski for netflix um it's an eight part series and it's sort of a alternate retelling of the original movie and graphic novel series so it's starts off like it's a remake but then it becomes like an alternate oh yeah like universe alternate version re- um so in a way it becomes a remix of sorts of the Scott Pilgrim story. Is that going to be our fourth R? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so immediately too, like from the moment it begins, there's so many different like jokes and stuff from the movie that mm-hmm. get replayed and you're like, wow, okay, this is just, are we just going to watch an animated version of the movie? But then mm-hmm. something happens at the end. Now it always begins with Scott, like the first film and the first episode begins with Scott realizing that he has to fight the exes. And the first one is Matthew Patel. Mm hmm. But in this new animated series, Matthew Patel fights him and then kills him. And all that's left of him are his coins because it's like it's a video game, right? Right. That's what Which, we think. That's, yeah, that's what we think. Um, Spoiler, Eddie. Spoilers. So then the series then follows Ramona as Ramona's 
devastated by this because she feels responsible and all this stuff. And then also she begins to suspect, wait a minute, you know, is Scott dead? Who is responsible for this? So she kind of begins to uh, go a little bit more and investigate his disappearance. Mm -hmm. And Scott doesn't return until like the end of episode six. Okay. Spoiler. So Spoiler. And then I guess if you want to continue with seven and eight, it goes into more and more about what happened. Mm -hmm. So this becomes way more about Ramona at the end of the day. And a lot of this series actually felt like things that anybody's story or anybody that felt like they needed things, you know, like looked into a little bit deeper and whatnot. They got that here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not a person who read the graphic novel. So I also don't know how much of this is different in terms of Mm -hmm. the character development or like how uh, they took these characters in different directions and whatnot. But um, it, it's really, well, what do you think from what you saw? I actually, I think despite how wonderful the visuals were for the film, I think I might be preferring the storytelling for the TV show more than the film. Mm-hmm. Maybe because we are focusing on Ramona. See, Ramona is a more fascinating character than Scott. Ramona is the one who had all these men like, or exes, right? Because there's a female in the mix who I want to talk about, uh, but kind of starting to unpack, like, what is it about her that makes her so compelling to all these people? And we're going to, I'm hoping we get to explore more of that, right? I only got through sure. the, the final episode, but, like, we got to see some closure between her and that character escapes me. The one with the the woman, she's also from Arrested Development. She was uh, Anne. Oh, May Whitman. Roxy. Yeah, what's the character? Roxy, yeah, mm-hmm. like her, like getting some closure with Roxy, right? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm preferring the animated series a little bit more than the the movie. Well, what a shock that you're preferring the storytelling of the TV show. Yeah, because well, and you know, I maybe and because right now, for as far as the series we've seen, right, like the first episode is basically just like the first act of the film in animated form, and with new voices. <laughs> well, not same voices, but older voices, mm-hmm. and it's not. Um, it's not. Again, it made me realize, like, God, Scott is the pits. I don't know if I could watch a whole series of him. <laughs> and then he died. And I'm just like, Oh, we are doing something different. Okay, tell me more. Tell me more. And then the second episode, we focus on the League of Villains ex boyfriends, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Patel like, taking over from Gideon. Yeah, which was exciting. So, and then the the third one, we see, like, Roxy go at it with, with Ramona. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm finding it, I'm, I'm more interested in what's happening here than I am with, with this one. I'm still in awe as to what could Ramona possibly see in Scott, as are some of the other characters, right? Like, that's, a, I think that's what uh, one of the friends said. It's just like, what? Like, one good date? Like, there's no way this was a good enough date. And it's like, well, he was nice to me. It's just like, but again, it's just like, and maybe this is ultimately the big issue I have with, I'm realizing, Scott Pilgrim. It's this idea of the nice guy toxicity. This idea that if you're nice enough, like, you'll get the girl and stuff, which I maybe I'm having issues with that trope mm. is what's driving me crazy ultimately here mm-hmm. in this in this property. 
Yeah, I can see that you know for that, sure. You know that you know because uh, similar to like the Big Bang Theory, that was a big critique of it, right? Like, oh, the good guy, the nice guy gets a girl, but it ends up leaving male audiences who watch this show who are themselves maybe incels, right? Believing that oh, if I'm nice enough, she'll eventually be with me and stuff. And it ultimately. It, no, no, no. I'm not even kidding. Like, there's studies out there that have shown this. That, like, what's it called? Like, men gravitate towards these characters because, like, they get the girls, right? And, uh, like, as a result, like, these men end up feeling like they're owed the women because they're nice. Hmm. Okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> this cat, this, I, I really enjoyed the direction that that went into. Thank you. I, it took me a while to get there, but I'm realizing now why Scott may be driving me crazy. Deep He's just perpetuating that, like, kind of that trope perhaps yeah well also you know like the expectations that people get out of media in terms of what they people like them you know deserve or have gotten in the past have psychological repercussions of that is definitely something that somebody has probably looked into or it could be a whole different thing it's what we talk um, about in my class hey look at that media in american society <laughs> but it but it is true and i yeah you're valid with that for sure i would say um, what were we saying before that, though, just to get back on track? Oh, I preferred the <laughs> preferred. <that. laughs> I preferred the storytelling. I, I'm I'm enjoying this storytelling more so than I am uh, the film, at least in terms of like because we're focusing on Ramona, who I think she may be more fascinating of a character than Scott. Mm-hmm. Well, it also gives us opportunity to explore characters that weren't able to be explored before because they were dead. So like with Matthew, what happened if Matthew Patel lived? Well, Matthew Patel would have had an uprising and taken, you know, the league away and everything away from Gideon. And then mm-hmm. the ripples of that would have changed the story completely. And so it shows you, and then it gives these people, you know, that just decided to be, to form a, a, leave, a league of evil exes against Ramona. Well, what would have happened actually if they all had time to talk about things and to work things out? So you saw that with the Roxy episode. Mm-hmm. which is actually like i thought really sweet because at the end of the day like we all walk around with wounds that are still somewhat open from our exes um Except well most of us apparently because like, <laughs> well we i don't have ex well, stories you, like that. <laughs> yeah i don't have crazy evil exes but i have exes and like in my relationships you know like in the relationship that I'm in now, sometimes I'm like, I'm sorry, like, this is trauma that I have. Like, the reaction that I had is just because of trauma from my other relationships. Like, we all kind of have those, you know, impressions and, and open wounds that, you know, kind of, we don't even realize get open when whenever we interact with other people. And so in order mm-hmm. for us to, like, heal that, you know, it's either, like, you have to really work on that or maybe you can even go back to the source and heal it. So it's interesting how they use this fantasy genre and like the fact that like they all join like this video game action movie like sense of where they fight each other but then that's also how they heal each other um and it gives like this opportunity like oh how nice would it be if you could actually go back and now heal these things because in the original story you know they fought and they died and that's it but now this one's more concerned with healing Mm -hmm. this one's more concerned about going back and like reconciling with your old self and the the things that you did and the old wounds that you gave people and you know, trying to, like, not make it about conflict anymore, which is a completely different way to tell this story. Yes. And it's actually, like, really took me by surprise because that first episode, I was like, what is this and what's the purpose of this? Right. Truly how I was feeling. I was just... Remember when we covered Pokemon? 
<laughs> like, like it was yeah, just the same oh movie, gosh. just yeah. in just in three D animation. Uh, mm-hmm. At least this one had like a different ending, and you're going somewhere else. And I'm just like, oh, all right, let me see where this is going. And you realize, oh, everything has changed. Yeah, no, completely. Everything has changed, and so and then now other relationships start to happen because of it. Mm-hmm. So like, it, episode five is actually really um, interesting. Is it because, lesbians? No, is there's it... actually a gay relationship that happens. Oh, Wallace ends up with someone? I Actually, you asked me anything I wanted to say about the original one. Wallace was my favorite character. Of course Wallace was, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what it was? For this time period, he was like very unapologetically like gay, but like also very sexually liberated, which even in the early 2000s, like that kind of character was still frowned upon in society, right? Yeah. We were still in the... Uh, era where we were regulating our queer characters and stuff. Yeah. So he was actually quite the opposite. He is a great character and I think Kieran Culkin plays him beautifully. Yeah. Um, you know, because he doesn't make him like he just he's himself as far mm-hmm. as I know. But like, you know, it Yeah, yeah. He's he not like he's, he's not putting like a gay affect or anything. He's just playing it like any guy who's just, you know, sexually liberated. Yeah. What do you think about that double standard joke? He's like, I didn't invent the gay handbook. When, so wait, what was that one? So uh, he's like, you have to break up with your fake high school girlfriend, Scott. And then out comes this guy from the bathroom who's not hit the guy he was with last oh, night. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Scott points at him and goes, "Double standard." And he goes, "I didn't invent the gay handbook." Right, right, right. Yeah, that, yeah. Did Did you find that offensive, or did you? <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, yeah, I get because true. it's true. But no, because. That is a joke. There's a there's comedy there, right? So it's I'll tell you what joke. I did find offensive. Actually, it was mm-hmm. actually Ramona and Roxy. I think was more insensitive. Why? Because because of how Ramona was a little dismissive of of Roxy. Yeah, that but, is ultimately. I and, think that was a more offensive part. No, no, no. Because like either because she kept saying exes, exes, exes. Right. Mm-hmm. She knew there's a woman in the mix. However, when the woman shows up. It's just like, oh, it was just, we were just experimenting. So I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Then you would not classify her as an ex. So, like, you kind of get it, get it straight. Not get it straight, wrong phrase. Uh, get it right, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, true, like true. what is it? Is she an ex or was she just uh, a phase, as she said? Well, that kind of, that did irritate me a little. I'm just like, um, this is a little inconsistent here, in yeah. my opinion. No, good point. Well, that's why also Roxy's like, I was just a phase. Oh, well, I'm a little bi-furious, you know, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, Great comeback. Yeah, yeah, great comeback. She has every right at that point to be outraged, you know. And I guess, yeah, it becomes a little like, and then it becomes a girl-on-girl fight, and then Scott doesn't even defeat her, you know. Um, And then she quickly gets defeated with that little thing uh, against her. Oh, yeah, the, the, the way they defeat other female. What make her orgasm? Yeah. Like, that's how we (laughs) defeat the female of villainous in this in this moment. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that was yeah. easily like one of the weaker points of the film for sure where maybe we're seeing Which sucks cuz that actress played her beautifully. Oh yeah, I I mean, mm. you know, she was Harley Quinn before Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that makeup was like easy like it was replicated by and we got it on Margot Robbie. Yeah, that's true. Um, actually, very good points about that, which is why I thought that that episode, then her being the first one that she kind of like healed, mm-hmm. um, was so needed yep. at the end of the yeah. day because she yeah. validated the relationship yeah. and she actually looked at her and was like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I th- that was all my fault and I fucked mm-hmm. up and I did not treat yeah. you right. For so, sure. 
Um, and that actually that episode probably would made me realize like yeah I think I'm liking this more than like, yeah yeah that was a, than the, a than that the was movie. a good healing yeah and of, that's yeah of that scene I think that this whole show taking it and making it like a whodunit or what's going on and then but like having it be more concerned with like these people actually talking and processing their like trauma with each other I thought was was really good and the pacing is so different I mean mm-hmm. the movie is so fast and it's yeah. just there's so much going on at all times to pay attention to like the filmmaking that's going on. It's just so dynamic. This, the show is so quiet and very like, I'm not saying slow moving in a sense where it's boring, but like, it's not fast. Like it kind of takes its time. And yet it feels very, it feels like Scott Pilgrim. Like you, you still are watching it. It has that unique sense of sensibility and that sense of humor and all that like transmedia, um, like narrative and all that. It's very dry. Mm-hmm. it's witty so it's like interesting how it could feel so different and yet you know exactly like what you're watching like it's a, the same property yes which brings up a question sure did the voice acting work for you i think so i think i was too concerned sometimes with trying to be like is that them is that them uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that but i think that's just like my own um, cause I love the original movie. I've seen it so many times. Um, so I know their voices very well. Like some of them, I was like, oh, that's clearly Todd. Oh, that's clearly Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. But oh, like yeah, Chris Michael Evans, Sarah. Like, yeah. Michael Sarah. I too was just like, wait, I thought everyone came back. And I'm like, Michael, it is Michael Sarah. Oh, wow. He just, he just, just he sounds sound like... so much older. He doesn't sound like a 22 year old, you know? That's so, that is ultimately what I think is why I think they should just recast the movie or the show. Because they don't sound their age a little bit, A. But B, I also don't think actors are good voice actors. So the fight sequence between Roxy and uh, and Ramona, when Ramona is just like, uh, like screaming at points, like it just doesn't feel like a voice actor would. However, May, now May, uh, yeah, May, May Whitman, May Whitman, yeah. Yeah, you, she actually has done experience like voice acting and stuff. So you can tell the difference, like in the performance and how you kind of throw your voice and stuff to like kind of project different feelings and stuff. Where I think the actors were way more one noted mm. in their performances and deliveries because they're not voice actors, right? And I think this is a problem that Hollywood has. Like, like after the 90s, it's just like get a big name to be your voice talent and stuff. Yeah. But, but that doesn't necessarily, you being an actor on screen does not necessarily translate to you being a good voice actor, period. So I think that's, I did have a little bit of an issue because you mentioned it's like, oh, it feels slower. I agree with you. It feels slower. But it's only because of the way the character, the actors were reading the lines. Mm, okay. Um, and this is similar to what you were saying with our Frasier episode where it's like, you know, not all like comedy television actors are suited for like that multi-camp sitcom situation, mm-hmm. you know? And like, mm-hmm. I think that nowadays people just, you're right in the sense where like people just want names. Yeah. Like in the Broadway world, they just want big names to enter roles. But then like, you know, my girlfriend is really into Broadway and she's like, but that lead role is a baritone and this major movie star is an alto. Like what about all the, like they're not suited for this. They're just entering this role because they're a big name. But now it's stuck in casting in the industry. There we go. And like people who just don't have the proper training for this, but are famous are getting these roles and it just doesn't hit the same way as they should. There seems to be like a disconnect. Yeah. Did you see only murders in the building? I haven't seen it recently. I don't have Hulu anymore. Shame on you. 
uh, season three is kind of that, right? Like getting a Hollywood actor to be on a Broadway play because he's a name. And then they're not good. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, nice. So that's, uh, that's part of it. And it, which is true. But, and you mentioned Frasier. I just want to just throw this out. Me and Eddie have been continuing watching Frasier week by week. This show, I think it's getting better week by week. I don't know if it's just the nostalgia or what, but like, guys, if you haven't seen Frasier, I beg you, please check it out. Cause I want another season. <laughs> oh wow okay you won another season look at we that we finally got bb newers we finally got lilith <laughs> nice and did roz come back no i don't oh, know when she's coming back but she better come back well she doesn't need to come back soon because like i've been enjoying the show mm. it's funny it's good frazier i mean you know kelsey Grammer. he understands what it he understands what is what it means to be in front of in front of a multi-camera show again going back to our point these actors, not necessarily the best voice actors and stuff. Some gave better performances than others. I think Chris Evans, like, changing his voice and kind of, like, giving, like, uh, better than than some. But not, like, great because, again, changing your voice a little does not make a voice actor. Look at uh, Chris Pratt when he was Mario. Ah, uh, yeah, true, true. You know? Although, if you're talking about Ramona, that's also, like, I think Ramona's just really monotone. Yeah, but, like, she was in a fight. I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Um, you know? It's hard, though, you know? Like, I'm sure she made some acting choices that just, I guess, didn't necessarily land. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but... But, yeah. I, I think casting... I I understand why bring back the original cast, but I also am just wondering, because it's like, but why? I yeah. I don't know if you need it. It's a whole different... It's a whole different medium. This is not a film translating into TV shows. This is, like, an animated TV show. It's a whole different medium, per se. Which, actually, Absolutely. also shockingly liked the animation style i thought i was gonna hate it because i didn't i never cared for scott pilgrim's like drawings because you know again mm. i i never saw the movie but i just have like i did have proximity to me like people who are in the fan base and love like sometimes you saw stickers and stuff and i never cared for that style of drawing mm. it's just, i'm surprised at how much i do like it <clears throat> in animation form yeah it's very pretty it's a very pretty show it and is I, it's I, just done yeah, just like the movie. The movie is a gorgeous film. Oh, yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's truly visually stunning. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, like when I found out that this was happening, I was like, okay. At first I thought, why? Now, again, I didn't read the graphic novel, so I'm not, I don't know whether or not the story there needed to be told in this format or not. And then that first episode, I was like, why, guys? Why? Mm-hmm. But then it took the direction that it did. <clears throat> and I actually think it's really interesting that now we're doing this more so with properties where we're like examining the characters in a different way and that we're Mm -hmm. giving them a completely like because we're doing this alternate universe reality version of it um now we're getting these characters are being able to explore themselves their lives change drastically now they get to talk to each other and build relationships with one another in different ways and that i think is really interesting when you're used to a story being a certain thing like maybe they were aware of some of the problems that you even had Rolanda or said you know maybe we we needed to explore these characters more and find out their motives or or where they were coming from and doing it like this actually gives you that kind of flexibility to give a new dimension to these characters mm-hmm. that like exist in just this one way like I know Marvel does a bunch of what if series I've never watched them but, like, as a fan of these characters, do they add anything in terms of, like, exploring them in a different way? I think there's been, like, maybe one or two episodes where they've done anything mm. worthwhile. Uh, 
some for the most part no okay well i think this is going to be something that (laughs) properties are going to start really really getting into um i mean Uh, obviously we like multiverses right now and i think that like doing like these alternate things is going to be a big trend yeah i i know what you mean i see i hear you i do what do you think about going from live action to animation right Mm. usually we get the opposite right yes usually I th- so, wh- in this case, I, I, it was definitely a money saver. <laughs> you think so? Animation's... Ex- oh. I don't know. That's like that's not necessarily true because like a CGI... You're right. I think it is cheaper. So they would have just done everything. It would have looked cheaper than the film, obviously. So like maybe yeah. it was smart to go animation style. Which mm. begs the question. It's just like, all right, so then what kind of movie or TV show would you see going that route? Like going the opposite. Going the opposite... Like going live action, and then like like explore these characters in an animated format. Oh, what what movie do you think I could? Um, hmm, that's a that's an interesting one. Eddie, do you have one that you can come that comes to mind? Say that again. Like, what movie or TV show do you think would do better being told as like an animated series that's exploring these characters like from a new light like a new perspective and stuff and that might be and I, i'm throwing this curveball at you guys obviously so <laughs> please feel no fr- no need to like give me an answer uh i'm just like thinking because i think you're right i think this is an interesting format that hollywood can go if we're going to be going this route of constantly remaking things right like it's just like yeah. okay well at least you're giving us something interesting to digest i mean you can even think of cobra Kai as doing that you know, they did it live action, though. right? And then they, they did created live action. new characters. But great, great point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that nowadays, like picking up later or something, is something that a lot of these shows are doing. But I think now, it, I think it has to do more with fantasy-like worlds because I do think Scott Pilgrim falls into the fantasy genre, just because none of this is based in any reality. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think that that flexibility gives them like alternate universe retelling kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that I, I absolutely think is something that those type of fantasy proper, properties can do, mm-hmm. um, which is you know Karate Kid's not a fantasy, so no. I, w- I, I would know. I would love to see Buffy continued. In the that, that's a good one. That's a really in good one. Yeah, I mean they I did think... continue it as a comic book form, mm-hmm. so they have that you know the continuation of that story. Uh, I would love to see that live action. That would be great because I bet you. I bet you you're more likely to get Sam Michelle Gellar back on, like if she's if you tell her it's like yo it's gonna be animated and it, she'll be yeah. like, sign me and not up. the cheesy way they did it because they this there was a Buffy animated series at one point was it uh, yes it was it like Sabrina the Teenage Witch yes so oh. that kind of kind of that look I don't want that look yeah, yeah, you know? yeah no, I, I really want. You know, kind oh, you of want a, like an anime kind. Like, I want like to add, yeah, very realistic. Yes, very okay. Castlevania, very <laughs> realistic kind of looking. And even the series that was created, um, the spinoff CZ, uh, C, C, uh, series, comic book series called Frey, uh-huh. where is a Slayer in the future? Uh-huh. That would also be like an interesting thing to do as an animated series. Mm, yeah, you know? yeah, I think that's a that's a good. If Hollywood is listening to our little podcast, please. Consider making Buffy a animated series. Yeah, because if you're gonna touch that franchise in any way, come on. Please. Yeah, like and, 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 and like Nicole said, like you're right. Like animation allows you liberties in terms of the kinds of stories you can tell. Like actually, Eddie watches a show uh, 
uh, under deck, below deck. Yeah, below Star deck. Trek. Lower, show. lower yeah, deck, lower, lower deck, deck, right? <laughs> lower deck and uh, <laughs> lower deck. It, but it's like an animated version of Star Trek, and it allows of this leverage of being able to be whimsical with yes. the kind of storytelling they tell, yes. which works even in a comedic form. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I I think animation is absolute Buffy and animation. I just have to say this. I just have to say this. I know it's so out of context of what we're talking about right now. But it was so good that they even did a crossover and take the animated characters and had the actors, the voice actors, play as actors in in one of the Star Trek shows. Mm. Oh, wow. So so it was just as playing as those those characters. So it, it was a very amazing crossover. And it's like one of those things that these stories can be done. And they became done well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Course, animation also, you don't have to worry about the FX budget. Yeah, or... No, they don't. <laughs> just, Although just they need to like do something about like people's voices. Like remember when we did Indiana Jones and it was like, great, he looks young, but he sounds like an old man. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. Just there put... has to be some sort of effect. To yeah, sure. That. You're right. AI can get us. AI has probably gotten us there. So we got to work on the voices. Or they uh, could do the South Park thing that they do to their voices to make them sound like like uh um, like the kids like Kenny and Kyle yeah. and stuff yeah just lower their pitch higher their pitch or something uh but this reminds me also like wicked for example is ah. one that should have been animated absolutely it would have been a very i think successful one part animated film why is mm-hmm. it two parts i don't know because ariana grande needs her money i don't know <laughs> i don't know but uh, I mean, I, I don't mind just because of the success of Once Upon a Time. Mm. I can, I, I, I will go see an a live action Wicked in theaters. I mean, at the you, you know, know what that remind I want a Once but, Upon a Time animated. That would also work well as anime because you can use like the Disney princesses looks and stuff now. True. There you go. I've oh, never, man. I've never watched that show. You you watched the first season. It's absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense, but it is it. so captivating. It, it is so it. good. It's, it's nice. truly like the most bonkers show ever. But it is so. I am dying for them to remake this show and redo it in a way where you don't need all these filler episodes. Mm. Like I'm begging. I'm constantly writing every week. Disney, please just remake this show already and yeah. do it right. Because I recently rewatched that first season. I'm just like, God, this show is so crazy town banana pants, but it's so good. Okay. Well, what about this show that we were talking about? Do you guys think it's good? Do you think it's like a success? What are your thoughts I, I, on it? I, I, I believe you were asking the audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, no, I actually, I understand the, I mean, I like the episodes I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really came in thinking I'm not going to like this at all. Um, so I do like I like the I like what I'm seeing. I like the developing of other characters. Even my favorite character, young Neil, is getting more <laughs> of a, <laughs> a voice here. That's great. So I um, young Neil was your favorite character. Yeah. That's so yeah. funny. He punched the highlights out of her hair. Yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> It's got so many great lines. Well, you know, we didn't say this, but Knives Chow, she got a good character arc. Oh, yeah, no, I love Knives Chow. She did a lot of maturing, you know. I would watch her show easily. Knives is great. And that actress just killed that role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that, like, for the fact that a lot of these people were supporting, like, they all did really well in their Mm -hmm. roles, you know, from Envy Adams to... 
to Chris Evans. <laughs> That's actually hilarious. Like, and it's just such a quotable movie. Uh-huh. To me, I mean, for me at least, this is up there with like Mean Girls and stuff of 21st century movies that you can like really quote. Um, so I bond over it with Whitman all the time. I'll just say something random from Scott Pilgrim. He'll know immediately it's from that. So yeah, he's one of the people who I knew who was like very much into it. He even read the comics. Oh, he did. Yeah. Uh, he called it a manga and I was just like, excuse, I don't think those are manga. Anyway, back to the, uh, <laughs> so, and I don't want anyone to think that I did not like the film. I actually liked the film. I thought the film was beautiful. I actually found myself like really digging like the action sequences I just didn't care for Scott as a character, but that did not mean I did not like the movie. I actually thoroughly, shockingly enjoyed. And I say shockingly because I didn't think I was going to like the movie nor the TV show, and I ended up liking both. I just happened to like the TV show a little bit more mm. than the movie because mm-hmm. I think the show is telling a better story. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's where I, am. I mean, I think that if you're a big fan of the movie, you should give this a shot and stick with it. And I definitely think that this exists in its own realm outside of the movie but complementary to it mm-hmm. and which is also like really nice about it is that i think that it's just i don't even know if it should be compared to the movie um in any way it's just a it's a it's a complementary piece despite the it. fact that you have the little voice actors though i mean in terms of maybe their performances is the only way that you could compare it but it, it's it's just its own beast so i don't yeah. think it's fair um, and I, I definitely like this route of continuing these stories. Yeah. And I really hope that a lot of properties kind of like do that, you know, I, it's better than a shop for shop remake. That's for sure. Which is what I thought it was going to be in the beginning. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. So, mm-hmm. but well, yeah. what did you guys, the audience <laughs> think? <laughs> Are you Scott Pilgrim fans? Are you, did you read the books, did the graphic novels? Are you just into the Netflix show? I mean, what do you think? Let us know. Ways you can let us know by emailing us, remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at remakesrebootsrevivals. Hit us up on Twitter at remakespodcast. If you search for us on Facebook or YouTube by searching in Remakes Reboots for Revivals, you can contact us there. And if you are listening to this on a podcasting platform, please go to your app right now on your phone or on a web browser and follow us and rate us. And if you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be super helpful and appreciative mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Well, so, we're gearing up to the end of the year. I know. Can you believe? Way more successes than, like, you know, hot messes. Way more successes than hot messes. Hey. We should make t-shirts out of that. <laughs> 2023. <laughs> yeah. A lot more surprises than um, maybe past years. Oh, I thought you tried to think of a rhyme with surprises. Oh, then demises. I don't know. Mm, okay. No, more surprises than reprises. Mm-mm, no. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work either. No. Um, messes and... Oh, I forgot already what it was. A lot uh, more. Oh, damn. I already forgot what it was, too. Shit. I'm going to have to like play this Successes back like... than hot messes. Ah, that's it. Yes. I'm going to make a... That's going to be That's gonna be the name of our 2023 recap. Yeah. Successes More successes than hot messes. Than hot messes. That's a good one, so, for sure. Um, the, col- the color purple, huh? Is, doesn't it come December? Christmas Day. Now, we, we might cover it the first week of January, though. Is it going to be one of those things where, like, we won't... The audience will hear the episode, but it'll count towards our 2023 recap. 
Yeah. If we see it in They'll time. Hate I think it, but we should do that. We did that with, <laughs> I think, the man. We did that, I think, last year with one of them. I think, didn't we do that, like, when Little Women came out, I think? I can't no, remember. No, The Matrix, I think it was. Oh, yeah, The Matrix, yeah. Which oh, I think was The Matrix. Yeah, well, that one deserved a lot of its, uh, 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 I don't forget what we call our sh- the shitty awards. <laughs> yeah, it was not uh, good. It was just not a good one. Uh, yeah, we have uh, Color Purple. What else we have this year? Uh, we got Wonka we... coming up. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Good Burger and something else to be decided. Um, to be decided. But yeah. And we, we will talk about our schedules offline. Of um, course. But, well, guys, thanks for another one. And until next time, stay, stay an original. original.